Well, Rob, I apologise. Uh, I'm a little bit later than I thought. I, was. I think I'd said to you 10.23 that we'd start, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, and I, I was here, although not necessarily headphoned up, so like, no, uh, I, can, uh, I can cut you some slack, but what's happened? Where have you been? <laughs> I went to the supermarket, and as you know, uh, this is a phrase that I hear more and more often and hate every time I hear it, which is due to Corona uh, dash 19. <laughs> it's the due to bit that I think it almost suggests that, did you, you know, <laughs> it's the, I already knew you could just for me, it's just like it's, it's obvious why we're shut. Right. It's obvious yeah. why there's a queue. There's a queue. Deal with it. Uh, and we're all right about this. But stop saying due to. It's so it's like in an email that your manager would send, as per the below. Well, what what really bugs me is those signs that you get in supermarkets that say, we regret that we cannot accept responsibility for any damage to your car. They're, they're, not, really regret, they're not regretting that, are they? We've said this before. We have, not like, we? Yeah, if you want me in your car park... Then accept gonna, responsibility. You, you'll Don't apologise for not. <laughs> That's right, yeah. And also, <laughs> the suggestion that you're going to apologise... Because you're expecting something to happen. Yeah. It's like, I would I would start, if, if you're going to have to have a sign, it'd be like, look, in the unlikely circumstance that oh, happens to your car, it's going to be a bit difficult in a court of law to prove we had anything to do with yeah. it. Yeah, so, so it's all on you, bud. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I just think that's, that's that sort of, all right, well, at least you're being honest. And I think that that's it. So what, what was I saying? Was I was stuck in a queue. Yeah. And um. I think we're doing this more and more as like, I'm in a queue, so I go, well, I might as well make my queue time worth it. So right. I was just I was just going to go in and get some non-alcoholic beer. And uh, because I was in this half an hour queue, I was like, well, I might as well get half a shop. So um, that's what it is. Half a shop is not the like a name of a person, although <laughs> I quite like the idea. It, it, a Viz it could be in called half a shop. Well, it could be in Last of the Summer Wine. As yeah, well. yeah, that's right, yeah. In fact, talking about Last of the Summer Wine... He's in it, isn't he? Compo, Clegg, or Foggy? I don't, I don't know which one he is, but I know he's in it. He's in this week's episode. He's, um, it's Compo, and uh, he's not not alone uh, in it because the the guy who plays Wally Batty is also in it. Who's that? I mean, which one's that? Uh, well, it's the one that uh, appears sort of halfway through the show. It's not Fulton Mackay. Oh or, uh, yes, it's not Steptoe or Mackay. Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. Funny because, so, in which case, all of these people were in well-known situation comedies in the seventies through eighties. Yeah, and, and all are unfortunately dead now. And all are dead. Yeah. Wow. I've mentioned why I was a bit late, um, and then I went straight into watching the episode and wrote my notes down. Did you struggle with remembering how to write notes? Well, I I've got to say because. <laughs> Due to the coronavirus, we're having to do this, <laughs> which meant that we weren't we weren't there together. And I, no. what I missed is that every now and again, when something sort of outrageous happens on the screen, we will share a look. Yes, and, uh, because listeners will never know this, um, or or be able to prove it in a court of law. Um, but uh, we we genuine genuinely we watch the episode and don't speak. Yeah, oh we, yeah. We yeah. just watch, and, and then, as you say, something will happen on screen, and we'll just turn to each other as if to say, have I just seen that right? <laughs> <laughs> there was one occasion I remember 
It was the one where the guy is is kind of like a he's ended up at a port and he's on the run <laughs> with, from the law. And with he had a massive knife. Yeah, yeah the, the knife. And so we and every time that knife entered the shot, <laughs> and we would look at each other. But that's that's how we do it. And I agree. I think that that's the bit that I was like, I'm I'm really struggling to remember how to write, but this doesn't feel right. Um, I guess due to Corona, we have to get used to to doing that sort of thing. Although I have heard that lockdown is about to be shifted, so yeah, I'm not, we're allowed I'm not, to I'm ca- not, we're allowed to catch the disease all of a sudden. That, I'm not expecting a lot to change for me, but no, you're still behind the iron curtain. <laughs> Um, and the other thing is as well is it's been that long since I've heard the glangs at the beginning, the glang glang glangs, uh, which is the um, not the, the glangs, the music. yeah, <laughs> the, music the music with the dancing lady, glang glang glang. It's been that long since I've seen the silhouette dancing uh, that I almost got a bonk on watching that. I was, was going to say it's sort of outrageously sexy. I don't know what it is. I think due to coronavirus, there must be some sort of crimp in me. <laughs> I I think she can move. Yes, whatever episode this is in real life. I mean, not not season five, episode six. I mean, in the whole scheme of things, I mean, it must be approaching fifty, maybe more. Right, whatever it is, whatever episode it is, I've become sort of my tolerance level has grown to to just accept that this silhouette is dancing around. But I watched it for the first time in today was the first episode I'd seen in a year. Right, that's that's how long it's been. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah. I watched it, and I was like, "Oh God, I could watch that for a bit longer, actually, <laughs> <laughs> on my own." <laughs> Probably not for that much longer. I was so excited about recording today that late last night I decided I'm going to go and sort out the recording space. Right. I'd for- I'd forgotten though, because obviously last we've already recorded one. Uh, guess podcast but it wasn't the actual thing we weren't reviewing no, an episode return to return to party was uh, that's right yeah and um so i'd set everything up and then i forgot and this morning i was like oh it's it's a bank holiday so mm. um my family are off and therefore they're going to be using the space that i was going to be using so oh, i had right. to i had to quickly come up so i think next time it'll be back downstairs again but, but right now we're in my office it's in the boardroom rob can you see it? Oh, the board game room. The board game room. They call it the boardroom, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I did yes. I did get a cryptic uh, text from you which said, I've had to move because it's the bank holiday, but I didn't <laughs> I didn't really understand what it was well, about, now, but now you have shown the light that. of clarity on it for me. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I've found myself doing this a lot, that I write something with uh, full expectance that the other person reading it knows exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, but that's, I guess, that this proves the point that that doesn't actually work uh, at all. Now, the last time, one of the last times I was at your house, uh, I'm going to try not to incriminate you here, but there was a fellow just parading around in the car park on the phone. How's yeah. how's lockdown affecting the parader? It's not. He's parading to the max. Uh, you know, for ages. We, I've seen a program where it said if you're trying to end a call. You should stand up because that somehow gives you the to do it. But it, yeah, he just walks round and round and round and round. Must be no no exaggeration. It must be ten minutes. He was walking around uh, the other day. I was watching him from the window. I was wondering if I could actually video him. But if he turned around, it'd be so embarrassing, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, 
he doesn't make it like he's not covert about what he's up to. No, I mean he's I, parade. He's confident about the. Whole I even thing. saw him walking backwards yesterday. Backwards, he was, yeah. He, if I if I got this right, as he was doing it, it was sort of quite aggressive in his motions. Yeah, yeah. But it, but yeah. It, but but the the more you analyse it, I don't think he was actually being aggressive. I just think that's no, how he, no, how I, he I is. No, no, I don't think he was. Maybe that's how he burns his extra energy off. So that he can, <laughs> but but it's every day for let's say at least ten minutes that that he does it. It's it's wonderful. I I was just wondering there whether lockdown has affected, but obviously not. He's still, no, he's he's still keeping the it. British end up. That's fantastic. <laughs> Uh, and that's, uh, will that have incriminated you in any way? He's not listening to I, this. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought so. No, nobody else does. I, thought, I wouldn't have thought either. <laughs> wouldn't that be just fantastic if if like the, one of our 12 listeners uh, was was somebody who lived like sort of across the road from uh, like, such a small world? It's like, why is, no, yeah, I'd be I, like, why is nobody else listening <laughs> <laughs> well, Actually, I, re- I recommend. Oh, oh go on. Yeah. I just about to say we. I did have another message to say welcome back. It's good. We've missed oh. you. Right. Um. So that was. So, so the, I know full well that we have got other listeners. So glad you are back. This is uh, Wolfie the Wonder Dog, uh, which, but I don't think it is Wolfie. I think it's Alfie, and there's a W in front. I don't really know, but she's well, been. Wouldn't... She he has been. Um, a, a fan for ages. I'm going to say fan. I'm going. I'm going out there with it's a fan. Yeah, I think that might be sort of exaggerating it a little bit. <laughs> you know, a casual listener, maybe, but yeah. they. <laughs> I, I don't know. She might not be casual about it. I don't know. I, I want to say she, he, because I think I don't think it's the actual dog who's talking. I think it might be the owner of the dog who has this account. Anyway, so what the dog says. Uh, um, I'm not sure if you'll get this message as I know your Insta account is now defunct, which is true. I don't use it. I only use it when I get a ping through to say, oh, somebody's been in touch. Right. Okay. All your fans of the podcast are behind you. And then all 12 of us. And I really <laughs> like that. And I, for one, looking forward to hearing more from you. So that's awesome. So that's good. But let me just go back to this bit here. Um, I know your Insta account is defunct. What I've done is I have set up a Facebook page group and a Twitter group uh, or page for this podcast. Now, right. nothing's on it yet. It's just set up so it's it's allowed to happen. So this might be a way of people communicating at last, I don't know how long we've been doing this podcast for. I think I think we're approaching our third year. I think we're I think approaching three years. True. Yeah, I reckon. Okay. Got to be. Got to be. Two, two and a half to three years we've been doing this, and I think I've just about fathomed a way for people to say <laughs> hello. Well, I, with I, a response, <laughs> I tried, didn't I, on Facebook, but uh, couldn't get the name. And what I had to be something unusual, guys, or something like that. You, think, you put yeah. Guy Chance, didn't you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Which I really liked anyway. But you, I think there is some law about not being a, being a pretend person on Facebook. You, you're not allowed to. Yeah. So that's so, that's so this way, look, this way we can do it. So when I know more, it might even be that by... Look, I'll tell you what. Um, 
I haven't got the details. Oh, that's a, this is a bit shit. Right. So if if you wanted to find this and it's live, then it will be at Tales of the Unexpected podcast, and it's got like a pink and green logo. Right. That is that is that on Facebook. On Twitter, again, oh, yeah. So you go to Twitter and then you just search for Tales of the Unexpected Podcast and you'll find it. So th- that that will be, from now on, I guess, a, a way to say hello or stick your finger up at us. Mm, hopefully more at home than finger sticking. Yeah. Uh, that's that's what I'm but, hoping for as well. Well, I'll, ta- I'll take the stuck finger if that's what all there is. Though. <laughs> <laughs> we might be better off not knowing. <laughs> and actually, more to the point, giving them something to listen to so without any further ado let's have some music it's the tales of the tales of the internet of the of the tales of the unexpected tales I'm recording and I, I am everything's cool. That sounds good. We I did this last week. I edited what we spoke well, I've released it, so of course I edited it. But it was a, a really lovely feeling of hearing our voices come out of the speaker. Um <laughs> I don't know every single time we're just not professional enough for this to go as swimmingly as it does and, and only having that one Hitler episode is the problem. If you if you remember. I've got to take a chance because I haven't tested this one either. But let's just assume it does work and let's talk about today's episode, which is called The Moles. The Moles, yeah. And I got it wrong initially because I thought it was The Mole. Um, Do you you know, I did the same. Because when I was sort of doing a bit of research on it, I saw it referred to as The Moles. I thought, no, that's not right. However, it is. Yeah, and and, you know, and I remember seeing this uh, a few years ago. And then I genuinely couldn't remember how this one ended. I remembered all the build-up, but I couldn't remember what the twist was at the end. Yeah, yeah. Well. And I, actually, one of the twists was even mentioned mid-episode. Uh, so I was like, well, like, oh, right, okay, well, that couldn't have been the twist then. So, oh, uh, right. so this I'll, was quite I've a good one to watch. The mid-twist, I've not, I've not seen that. Oh, I'll point it out. You won't have yeah. noticed it, but I thought that, oh, right, they've no, they've mentioned that now, so that won't be it. Let's get into the episode. It starts off, as I said, with the silhouette um, of the lady dancing. Wonderful. And then it says here, Fulton McCoy or McKay. What's his name? Well, I'm presuming it might be McKay because he was McKay was his name in, in Porridge. Porridge. But that but was his I... surname in Porridge, wasn't it? Mackay? Yeah, yeah. Mr. But, but, when... <laughs> but when I've looked it up, right, it says on the on the Wikipedia, which obviously it must be true, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it says that he, he played a, uh, a person of the same name as himself. I'll t- he's in best remembered. Sh- what, sorry, in Porridge he played... He, he I don't here, think that's right. He's best remembered for his namesake role from 1970. Namesake, so there you go. So it obviously is. So, so it would be Mackay, wouldn't it? Well, that's how you'd say it. Yep. If that's what if that's what they're suggesting, the next name that comes up is Bill Owen, and I'm like, well, I recognise that name as well. But I, do you know what my first thought was? Granddad. But that's Clive Dunn, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah well, my I've... first, my first thought was Auntie, 
because uh, anti? a lot of people, yeah, because like a lot Captain of people. Deck. Well, no, unfortunately not. It's just that a lot of people have said that uh, my uh, mother's sister, my auntie, looks a lot like Bill Owen. Sorry. That <laughs> that my auntie looks like Bill Owen. That's it's it's been said many times. Your auntie looks like Bill Owen. Yeah, yeah. Or actually, it might have been more compo. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, he wears like a uh, like a green woolly hat, doesn't he? In, uh, in the Last tales of, of the unexpected. No, in the Last, Last of Summer Wine. And uh, my auntie had one as well, which she used to wear. And uh, the rest of her face looked a bit like his. Uh, so, so a number of people have told me. Well, my gran looks like. Or looked, she doesn't look like it anymore, but uh, she looked a bit like uh, Paul McCartney does now. Uh, oh, not, right. in, not in the Beatles, but like, like, like now. You know, well, I often think that Paul McCartney looks a bit like a spitting image version of Paul McCartney. Like he, do you know what I mean? He looks like his yeah. face is all. Is he looks like an impression? He looks like somebody's doing an impression of Paul McCartney, and that's Which what McCartney looked like. That there was a um, a rumor back in the sixties, wasn't there, that he'd been replaced? Yes. Maybe, maybe this is what we're finding out now. What were you suggesting that my gran was originally in the Beatles and got replaced by this imposter? Yeah, your granny's Paul McCartney. We don't know who this guy is. There, there, is, there was actually a suggestion that his his real name was Billy Shears because he gets That's a mention the, the, the in, one in the Billy song. Shears. Yeah. Uh, Sergeant Pepper's song, isn't it? That's yeah. Good. yeah, yeah. That's a good so, one. Yeah. That I've not I've not heard that particular conspiracy, but I like the idea. Yes. Uh, then and then the moles. Um, now, who else is in this? Or do, should, are we done with credits and should we just get on uh, Well, we've we've not mentioned Harry H. Corbett, have we? Of course, yeah, Steptoe. Yeah. We, I think we've mentioned him as Steptoe, but he's in it as well. And now then, I can I'll do tell you what I learned about him today. Oh, go on, go on. Oh, go on, because I can do an impression of Steptoe as well. Right. You go first. Should we do, should we do impressions of Steptoe? Yeah. Right. Uh, you go, I'll go first, you go next. Right. You dirty old man. <laughs> you dirty little man. Oh, right, okay. We went for the same... Is that... Because I yeah. don't think I could but... say any other thing by him. I think that that's my... No, that, that's his catchphrase, isn't it? I was telling Ella yesterday. Dirty. You dirty little man. Uh, <laughs> but, but there was a guy whose catchphrase was Settle Down. Can you remember that? He was a comedian. And Settle Down. Thought, called Ken Goodwin, and he used to come on and say, settle down as his catchphrase. No, I remember um, settle in, settle in, settle down. That was Tony, that was Tony Green from Bullseye, who oh, used right. to do settle down, settle in, settle in, settle down. <laughs> and, that, you know, when you were up at the hockey. So yeah, I remember that yeah. one. I don't remember settle down being anybody's specific catchphrase there. Well, there used to be a show called The Comedians back I remember a long that. time ago, and he, he was on that, and, and I think he did then sort of branch out a little bit and do stuff. There was another strange catchphrase from a long time ago, which was a guy called Billy Pierce, Blackpool favourite, Billy Pierce, and he right. used to do, I'll tell you when, because he, he would say something funny, but he wouldn't get, he, he won't have mentioned the punchline, and then he'll have gone, like the crowd starts laughing a bit, and then he goes, I'll tell you when. I'll tell you when. 
and, then, and then and then he would do the punchline, and that I suppose that's the point where he'd say when you go, <laughs> go on, have a go, have a laugh. Did somebody just come in there? I heard a, I heard a bang as though a door went. No, it, yes, but not into the room. They're out out on corridor. Right. The, then we've got. Uh, so then it starts really now. So right, this first scene, Rob. We've yeah. got a man bursts in. Oh, hang on a minute. Wait, yeah. Before the man bursts in, we've got a man who is uh, Mackay. Mackay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who's, right. who's called Eddie in this. He's called and Eddie. He, and he's dictating a, a letter, isn't he, to his secretary? Yeah. So this is the exact words that I wrote. He's getting someone to write a letter. Now, I couldn't think of the word dictate. But then he said it, and I was like, ah, oh, di- he's dictating a letter. That was it. But but that's what he's doing. He's, he's getting somebody to write. But what I did, because I was faffing around trying to word that, I didn't hear what he was trying to write. Well, it's he's. Uh, it seems that his business is in difficulty, isn't it? He seems to be supplying metal or something like that. Oh, and that's so his industry. Yeah. And so we, what he's trying to do is... Um, Right and ask for payment for things because he's uh, he's sort of gone uh, into financial difficulty. And then the man bursts Dictated. in. Yeah, he's angry. He is. He's sort of he's sort of stage angry. Isn't he? He's he's overacting yeah. to a massive degree. I think. Yeah, his name is George, and this is Steptoe now, uh, Ari H. Corbett, and um, then he's now George has got a letter of his own which he needs to read out. Yeah, again, and it's I didn't quite same catch thing. what this was. Same thing, he's written to him, he's written to him quite formally, saying, I want payment, and this has really upset George, because George is a sort of friend of his. Oh, so the letter that the man's dictating is, a, is another letter to George that he's about to receive in the future? No, I think it might be a letter to his other, the other people who owe him money. Because he, he mentions later on that he's got a lot of those uh, creditors. And, uh, ah, yes, he did. Yeah, okay. So he, so this guy comes in. What do you mean you want money? And he's like, well, you owe me money, so I do want it back. But yeah, he, that's that's the point when I didn't know if they didn't know each other. But it does it does come out. Business partners for 40 years and then friends because of that relationship for 30. Well, now, I, I thought because of his overacting... And the the uh, script and the it comedy like, music. It looked like when Joey on, in Friends is uh, is in a play because it was it was that unbelievable, really. It, uh, it was. And, and Harry H the... was talking quite posh at this point as well. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, and his yeah. So his character is uh, you. You might, if you didn't recognize him, you might have gone. He seems familiar, but I'm not too sure who it is. By the end of it, there's no doubt that Steptoe's son. No doubt. Did, did you did you know that uh, the H in his uh, name is is added? That's, it wasn't there to start with. But he is put that because that in. of Sooty? Yeah, because of Sooty. Yeah. yeah. Because of the uh, the man who controlled Sooty. Yeah. So that, he had to put that in. Wow. Well, I know Michael J. Fox. J wasn't a name that he has. Because yeah, I don't, I don't... know. I mean, obviously, I, I, if I had to have a character name, I'd be Raul Bolingo. What, what, you would. What, you, you, what would you be? If uh, I, I change it a lot, uh, Jack Champagne. Oh, that's a good one. I, yeah, I always yeah. like that one if I, if I had to go undercover. Um, I, I, when, I always wanted to be like a cop, a New York cop, but I never wanted to go to 
like do the stuff on the beat. I just wanted to be. I wanted to go straight into detective mode. And like driving around yeah. like Starsky Nutch and stuff. Like sort of thing. Yeah. I would. I always would. I would just want to change my name to Kachansky. Oh, or, yeah, that's a... or if I wasn't Kachansky, that I was able to have a partner who was called Kachansky, so I could say Kachansky uh, <laughs> a lot. I, I, well, you it was be, like that. You could be the sergeant in charge of them, couldn't you? And that, no, I wouldn't to... want to. No. No, they're I, the ones who get to shout their names most, though, aren't they? You know, when I, they're demanding their badge back. It, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Through the entire episode, they're basically pissed off with their two star detectives. And then when the star detectives, because they've both got their vice vices, uh, the star detective says, "Well, here's my badge. <laughs> uh, resignation not accepted, or whatever it is." But it's like, make your mind up. You ate these guys a minute ago, and now. But it's because they bring in the numbers. That's, That's it. it. They That's might eat them, but they bring in the numbers. It's, it's all stats. So, right, okay. So anyway, the other thing to point out at this stage is that this place that they're in looks a bit like a pub. It isn't. It's an office, but it looks like it's got like one of those a lot of brown windows. wood. Brown wood, you know, sort of uh, tables and bar stool type seating areas. <laughs> and it looks like it's a pub. And I, 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 I'm wondering whether it was used as a pub in, in somewhere else around the same time and it was like, we could just make that look like an office. Yeah, well, they, there is one where there is a pub and an office, isn't there, where uh, the guy's going to burn the factory down. And uh... it, it didn't look like that, though, but you're right. The, that, but that was season, end of season two, maybe. That was some right. time back. That was uh, the party, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that's why. So, so down to some sort of miscommunication where the well, I say miscommunication, communication that hasn't been delivered to the guy's house. This letter has come as a bit of a shock to George, saying that you need, I want my money back, or otherwise I'm take, I guess, take you to court, sort of thing. Is that is that what he's yeah. saying? Or yeah, basically, yeah, it's it's uh, what what probably would be called a letter before action, and 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 the 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 money owed. Um, is not he can't take out a loan to support the money that's owed. So what does this all boil down to? Bankruptcy. The threat of bankruptcy. Which obviously he's not too keen on. When I was a kid and I heard that, I I honestly thought that was it. You lost your money, you everything is gone, you have to start from scratch again, and it was the worst thing that could possibly happen. But I think now people go, you know what, I might have to go bankrupt this month. <laughs> well, I um, who there are various um, famous people facing it, uh, but uh, one of them recently, I, I think she she may or I think she did or she didn't. I'm not sure. She was trying not to, but uh, it doesn't seem to have the stigma it did have. I mean, I uh, did do a bit of this when I worked for the Citizens Advice Bureau, yeah. but uh, I was more I was more benefits than than debt. But yeah, to me, it seems like almost like. A get out of jail nearly free card, doesn't it? Not that I'm recommending bankruptcy no. to anybody. No, others also as well. No judgment as well. But it seems like not. It's not the last option anymore. It seems like it's an option now. Yeah. Um, the point I'm trying to make is that when he goes bankruptcy, it's quite a dramatic moment. Uh, oh yeah, because it's back then when it was back, something. Exactly, yeah. I mean, yeah. we we often do that inflation thing, the inflation calculator, uh, and there's a lot of mention of cash in this as well. So it must have meant something, uh, and that's uh, that. I think that's proved my point. Um, then well, the, it, 
it means so much to him that he decides to consider a bank robbery. Well, this is, yes, it seems like a bit of a leap, doesn't it, from uh, what do we do? Well, we could rob a bank, I suppose. And, and he sort of says, it makes me wish that, I think, this is the message that I got. He, he It makes him wish that he'd robbed a bank when he had the chance to do it. Now, I don't know if they were previously plotting to rob a bank, but I got the impression that this wasn't a brand new idea. Yeah, well, it's, I suppose it's difficult. It's hard to imagine the situation where... Without any preparation, the chance to rob a bank arrives, and you <laughs> decide not to not to take it. You'd have to do something, wouldn't you? Because then they start talking about getting some guns together. And um, Harry Harry H. Corbett, he's got some guns. He says he has several. Yeah. Uh, and that's the point when we're saying that he goes, "No, we can't do a bank job because one crime leads to another." Um, is is it seems like McKay's McKay's train of thought is that the bank job is is all right, but it's what we do after that that's the problem. Um, yeah, nicking, and, and nicking I mean, a Snickers from a news agent that you know it's a gateway sort of drug. I mean, it? no matter how bad the bankruptcy was back in the eighties, it wouldn't be as bad as being caught trying to rob a bank with guns, <laughs> would it? Yeah, and 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 then this discussion happens, and I'll be honest, I'm not entirely sure if they decided it was a good idea, bad idea. We'll discuss it at a later date. It just didn't seem to. It, it came out of nowhere, and it yeah. didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Well, I, what I wrote down is they start to plot, but uh, Fulton Mackay is dubious. So, dubious. So that, yeah. That, that's that's it, the yeah. thing. Well, anyway, scene. It cuts to uh, him in bed with his. Wife, but we, 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 it's a close up of his hand holding a jar of some sort, um, and then he it, it pans out. His wife is babbling on, and then he gets out of bed because he's sick of listening to his wife babble on. And then I've just written down in capital letters dressing gown. Well, if I can just take you back slightly there, that uh, it uh, provides a segue, and I know that you're sort of not, not the motor vehicle, but a sort of way in. To something yeah. that I mentioned last week, but that uh, I, I thought everybody sort of knew about it, which was the uh, thing on uh, Mumsnet, which was headed. Somebody posted it. I'll not say a name, but it said, "Do you dunk your penis?" That's the headline, and it's in what? Well, we have a dedicated post-sex cleanup area on the bedside table, a box of tissues, a small bin, and a beaker of clean water. Temporary. Cleaning stroke dunking while the bathroom is occupied by me. Apparently, our penis beaker is strange and not the done thing. Is everyone <laughs> else just lay there in a sticky postcoital glow until morning? Uh, so, right. this, when you mentioned Fulton Mackay and his and his jar, I thought, wow. <laughs> is it, is this what well, well, the jar isn't an empty jar. It's got some sort of thing inside it some lubricant of sorts which is which his wife is dipping her stick into and then rubbing it onto her hands oh is she doing it with a stick she's got a it's... little stick or a dabbing tool right oh it must be uh what do you call it uh it's obviously not his uh his penis beaker i uh, would say not but then, now, did you notice the dressing gown? 
I I tell you what I noticed before the dressing gown, the um, bedhead. Oh, I didn't notice the bedhead. The the bedhead was such that, uh, well, I, again, what I wrote down is it's so ugly I can't believe it existed even in 1982. <laughs> <laughs> what was it then? I don't, it's sort of like. You can imagine it's sort of soft quilty and it's sort of like got a hideous design on it and like sort of crimpy bits around the outside, a bit like oh, a bit like a two Cornish pasty. Yeah, two Cornish pasties back to back <laughs> with the bottoms cut off. <laughs> but tell me about his dressing gown. Did you see it? Do you no. remember only when I laugh? Yes. Yeah. Right. I thought that once you got to a certain age, you would have to wear that particular style of pyjama, which was the kind of suit, you know, the buttoned jacket. Yeah. yeah. And it felt very, it looked very cotton-like. Yeah. Um, well, well I, I used to wear those as a child. My mum used to get them for me. I've, I've seen, I've seen uh, documentaries about, when I said documentaries, I mean, I've, I've watched Narnia, um, where... <laughs> Where the kids were evacuees, right? And yeah. They were. They wore those types, you know. Which so in my head, I go wartime pajamas, and it's that suit style thing with the collar. Yeah. Uh, or and a little, little, I should say, a little pocket on the pocket. on the rest there. And um, it, you know, the 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 trousers were the same as the the jacket at the top, and this was similar, but it was uh, so. This was that I should say, but he had um, red stripes. And then he had a black dressing gown, which looked like one of those, I'm going to say kimono. And I don't really know if I know what a kimono is. I'm oh, saying it. I'm saying like it. And I've got a visual. Like a kung fu sort of jacket with dragons on. Yes, it's exactly that. It didn't look very flowy, but that's what it was. So this, this is when we talk about kind of setting scenes and stuff like that. This character's set scene setting, I think we're about sort of like five minutes in, is sort of businessman. His finances are in peril. He is considering spurious deeds to get his money back. And he wears this kimono. None of this, none of this is, is correlates. None of this is making any... It don't... I'm not... Re, I can't relate to this. Well, I because um, only when I laugh, they would have like sort of long brown dressing gowns, wouldn't they? With, which were sort Over of like, the top of like the pyjama. Army blankets or something, yeah. They had yeah, nobody oh, in a, a sort of flash costume. So this was the same. This was that pyjama over the top, black Japanese style kimono. That's what was going on. And, and the reason I point it out is because now I don't know who this man actually is. And this never gets any better. Um, I never etch, I never ever find out what this guy's about. It, I suppose it sort of speaks to a bit of a a flash nature to him or something like that. Quite possibly, you? quite possibly. But I always think that in twenty three minutes, the tales you unexpected has a duty to get as much character in as possible. This just just bunged everything at this man, and I don't know I don't know what's going on. Um, anyway, uh, well. He's he's had enough of his wife babbling. She he's not she's not babbling to him. She's on phone to somebody. Is that right? Or is she, no no, she is babbling to him, isn't she? She yeah, because she probably can't be on the phone because if you think because he uses she's operating, the phone. and she's operating the stick moisture device. With one yes, 
I don't know why I thought she was on the phone. It's because I was looking down writing. But anyway, the reason but I know he's, he's, he's... He does get annoyed with it, doesn't he? And he gets annoyed. He, rings, and, and he, he Then he gets on the phone. Rings Harry H. Corbett and, and says to him, bring your gun with any live ammunition that you have. Yeah. So thinking, that's... Do, do you need to say that? You know, cause yeah. With any live ammunition, it, it sort of suggests he might have some blanks, which, why? Uh, or if you were taking a gun somewhere, you think you put bullets in it, wouldn't you? Yeah, and, and I don't know. And, uh, what we're going to later find out that there was absolutely no need f- for them to carry a gun at all. But he, he he does actually say he just wanted to know what it felt like to hold. Yeah. Maybe he just wanted to. He's made a decision to break the law, and he just wanted to feel what law breaking was. Oddly though, oddly though, although he just wants to do that. When he actually gets the gun, they're out in the street, aren't they? And he produces it, and he's seen by two women outside a, a shop brandishing a gun. That leads on to one of the most confusing bits of this whole episode. As they stood out in the street, in the dark, this is what we're supposed to believe, that two women from across the road who were enjoying a night out, maybe at Carlo's or Pacini's or whatever the local Italian is, and uh, they spot the two men acting weird... Yeah. But then what what the camera suggests is that they've seen the gun. Definitely, definitely I would say. That's that, yeah. I'm not I wasn't making that up, was I? They no, the next no. they looked over, the gun's visible, but but it's not, and that's my point actually. And then they go, Oh fuck, we best just walk away. Right. Yeah. Two things. One, it's dark, guns are tiny little things, held in a hand, so you're only seeing like, you know, ten percent of it anyway. Generally and dark coloured. And it's dark against a dark setting in the dark. In the dark, at distance, they're meant to have seen this, okay, and reacted to it. the The other part of this is no need for this gun to have been out on display w- at, at all whatsoever. Well, and indeed, no need for these women to uh, be in it either, because nothing no. comes of it, doesn't it? No, absolutely. Then, third part, right. which is probably the most important bit, is. If they have seen this gun, which I genuinely think that that's what the story is trying to tell us, why didn't they then report these two men? They were casing a bank or next being next to a, a bank. With a gun? Because that is where they're, they're not stood outside the bank, they're stood next door to a bank. Is that's that right? right. I thought it was a clothing shop, but I think later on we find out it's not. And the reason why he thought it was a clothing shop is because there was mannequins in. That's right, yeah. And, and and so this brings on to another point, which is why I think this is probably the more realistic thing, but it was what was missed by the writers, is that I think that the girls have seen them perving over mannequins, and that's why they reacted the way that they did. Oh, that could be true. Maybe. I don't know, but that, that would now be a better... That would be better... To say, oh, we've seen a gun and we're going to do nothing about it. Yeah. Um, look at those two blokes there. They're acting a bit weird, but they're only being weird over mannequins, so I won't say <laughs> Anyway. Yeah, you wouldn't, next... would you? No. I mean, it's, it's disturbing, but not it's disturbing, worth reporting. You probably just tell the people you live with or you know, social media, but you wouldn't say it, that's as far as it would go. It would be no point in reporting to the authorities. I mean, it is, of course, a form of aberrant sexual behaviour, isn't it, that sort of thing? Yeah, because there was that film about it, that documentary. Well, it brought me to uh, a piece in The Guardian about a snow monkey attempting sex with a deer in a rare example of interspecies mating. And there is a photograph of, uh, of this. Oh, dear. 
Well, I saw a I saw a YouTube video of a a deer that was mounting another deer, but the deer that was being mounted was a was was a model was a fake, but oh, it was a life size. It was in a it was in somebody's garden, and I guess they'd put it up there to sort of like you know keep away other stags or whatever. Oh, you'd so be this, lure them surely. Well, had it, this, had it, it got the did. Antlers or, or yeah, it had antlers. That's what oh, I right. thought. Anyway, so it did. It did mount it, and um, and then its head fell off. And then it's funny because the deer, the deer sort of like is a bit like weirded out by it all, but then sort of like goes, "Oh shit, I've got to get rid of the evidence." <laughs> uh, you don't see what happens next, but you could definitely see he's uh, he's is a bit concerned he's about ready. what the law will make of this. Well, it, in this, this article, it, it talks about other uh, sexual interactions. and uh, Interspecies. Only... Yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? But the only previous reported case that they know of was that of an Antarctic fur seal observed sexually harassing king penguins and in one instance eating a bird after having sex with it. <laughs> <laughs> that is one weird seal, isn't it? I tell you what... The... <laughs> There's a there's a link on here that I've not I've not clicked on, but the headline says, "Sexual depravity of penguins that Antarctic scientists dared not reveal." How bad's that going to be then? I tell you what's even worse is the fact that what you've clearly done is you've typed into Google, "animal sex," <laughs> and then and then seen what comes up because these this isn't just chance that all these headlines are popping out. <laughs> no, it's it's it's. Guardian article. I read a lot of Guardian, and uh, and I just found it. It is actually three years old, so I did have to go through the archive. But it is, it is true. Anyway, it's next day now, and the man Mackay walks past that place where he was last night. Yeah. And um, he he stops as I think uh, we see the bank in question, which is City and Provincial or something like that. Uh, I've, not one that we know. We're not meant to know. I don't think. And then it looks like right. He's decided he's definitely going to rob this bank, and he needs to get a, a crew together. Yeah. So he he talks to um, Harry, doesn't he? And he says that uh, he should be he should be able to find a safe cracker because he's a justice of the peace and on some prison rehab scheme. Now I thought, wouldn't it be good at this point when you're looking for a safe cracker to bring in John Mills? Yeah. Sam Morrissey. That's exactly what I thought. Is that um, because he says experience that counts? That would have been lovely just to have at least maybe a telephone call to say, "Sam, yeah. are you all right?" He goes, "No, nah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I can't, I, I can't yeah. speak right now because I'm on the run from the law." If you watched a couple of episodes ago, um, but yeah, but I thought exactly the same. He doesn't get him. He gets uh, Comfoggy, Bill Billowin. Yeah, Bill Owen from Last of Summer right, Wine, who is, it starts off with the fact that you, you this is what you used to do. I think he was a safe cracker. So there we go, safe cracker, backslacker, slack crack. Um, uh, which, of course, it's not, it's not actually robbery if you uh, break into a bank like that and then crack the safe. It's uh, burglary. Robbery. That's right. With robbery, there has to be an element of force used against a person. Uh, yeah. A mugging is a robbery, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. Uh, I I know that actually because because um, I was mugged, and they that's where I heard that when when it was all going through the courts and stuff, I heard yeah. that that's what had happened to me because it was it was something was stolen, 
and it was stolen and I was beaten up in the process. Oh, cracking. It was that. a video camera. It wasn't even my video camera. Uh, and I was 16 at the time. And that was, I, it was weird because I'd just been to America. And um, at that point it, in, in, in life, you kind of feared how violent America was. Yeah, especially especially New York. Probably because as we've seen we've seen all these cop shows. Yeah, exactly that. People are just shooting at each other all the time. And I'm thinking <laughs> when I went, I think, am I gonna get a stray bullet? You know, just sort of walking along the street. <laughs> That's what I thought I thought you're not safe anywhere in America. Well we'd just come back about two weeks later, I'm walking around with a video camera and I got beat up and this video camera's taken off me. And was I don't know what's worse or the, it, whether it, I don't know if it is an irony. I can't. I'm. I'm yet to work out how ironic this is. But the guy who beat me up and robbed me I was coming back from prison visiting a friend <laughs> who was in for the same reason as what. Oh, so I, I think that is irony. Actually, it's put it in his mind, sort of thing. It's really <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so uh, so that's so so Bill Owen is. Uh, He's, he's been brought ex in cracker. ex safe cracker and he's been brought in to discuss this new job at which point he reveals well I'm not I'm not that person anymore I now work I'm a Christian I'm a reformed Christian I'm an honest reformed turn it leaf he says and he's doing a degree at the Open University as well so there we go so they say well that's a pity because we were thinking about giving you 30 grand and he was like <laughs> spluttering over his tea the, uh, the comedy comedy splutter isn't it <laughs> comedy splutter um <laughs> oh hang on a minute um what 30 grand do you say he goes well it could be more 50 he's, he's still 100? not sure about it though but um, then what, what happens is harry h corbett produces a street map that he's drawn <laughs> But it's like uh, you know that bit in Home Alone where they where he's got like a map of all the booby traps in his house. Yeah, it's that. It's like something that Wiley e. Coyote would have drawn, where it just kind of says bank and then Shot. a dotted line. <laughs> it's really shit. But what's what's odd about it is that the sight of this map changes below his mind, doesn't it? You know, like <laughs> it's just oh. They really have thought about this. <laughs> They've drawn a map. But yeah, so he now thinks, well, this, I've got at least 30 grand promised to me. They've done their research and they've built a schematic of, um, of the Can't location. Can't waste that map, can we? <laughs> this is what I was saying about being in the queue. It's like, now I'm in the queue, might as well use it. So they've got a map, we might as well put it to use. So the next scene is that they've made the decision to do this. Yeah. They pull up at the location. Yeah, well, and I, I thought they case it up. Is that what they do? You case a joint. Do you case it up? I don't know. I, I think, that, yeah, wreck it, case it. it. This, yeah. this and, and basically, in broad daylight, three dodgy men with all, like, you know, holdalls and stuff walk down an alley next to a bank. Nothing suspicious at all, lads. Nothing <laughs> suspicious. So that's what they do. They, they go around the back and then they jump over into the... Um, it's back the backyard of of, yeah. a, of an antiques shop, which is the one that we've been talking about. Looks it really seems creepy, like there's more, it? yeah, because there's, it seems like there's more stuff in the back gar- backyard than there is in the shop. <laughs> it's just on display, and you know, it looks like fairground sort of stuff, doesn't yes. it? Which is, which is creepy out of context, isn't it? Fairground. Now, this is something that you won't have known. This is the point where there was a commercial break. Ah. Uh-huh. So that bit where they go over the they go over the fence, the next scene 
after the return from commercial break is them entering the shop. So that's some, something that we're not really party to when we watch it on DVDs, is it? No, no. Now, they've already broken the law now because they've broken yeah. into a place. Right. They've not nicked anything, but Harry H. Corbett is playing around with chess pieces. Which is looks... I can't tell whether they're giant chess pieces or just near the camera, but they look huge. Massive. They look like the handle of the knife that we were talking about <laughs> earlier on, doesn't it? Proper comedy chess pieces. And from now on, everything is quite comedy. Uh, not intentionally, I don't think, but it's like it just turns out that way. Uh, but um, they uh, and the music changes. So I noticed this. It's like, oh, up to now, it's been quite comedy brass band music. Yeah, uh, yeah. But but then it changes a bit dramatic, and then it doesn't take long for it to become comedy brass band music again. So. No. Um, well, what, what happens is, I noticed here as well, that the lights are doing that thing that they used to do when they filmed in olden days, in the 80s, which is re-done uh, for the Grampus thing, where you get like a red a red sort of spot on the lights, and they, they're actually doing it in, in this. Uh, oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't notice it. that. Because they had to recreate that for uh, Grampus. That's right, yeah. But yeah, oh, they're, they're doing that. And at this point, Bill Owen says that they need a fast getaway driver, doesn't they? Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's going to cost them. No, I'm no bank robber. But why would you need a fast getaway driver? Because you're doing this while while it's shut. You're not anticipating that there's going to be a police chase. If you were going to go in with guns and, like, rob them and then they're going to hit the siren uh, alarm and then the police are coming, you need a fast getaway driver. But if you're yeah. just digging, digging underneath, you don't, I wouldn't have yeah, it should, To point out, what we know is that they're going to break into a bank. Yeah. Uh, they are in the building next door. So our assumption is that they're either going to go through the wall or underneath or whatever. And, and the, the, this billowing is there saying, um, yeah, well, I'll, 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 I'll work out what we need to do next. Um, there's never any definitive what we're going to do. But you're absolutely right. I've only just realised this. Is There's only one way they're getting this money out, and that's to bring it back to this place where they are now. Because yeah. otherwise, what's the point of that? And therefore, there's anybody else's surplus to this mission. Yeah. Um, and what they do in order to prepare for it is Bill Owen produces a, a tape measure and they appear to measure a carpet, which is lying down on the floor. Uh, again, no bank robber eye, but I can't see why that is important. But that's what they do with it. Um, yeah, because they're not measuring the floor. It's the carpet itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, somebody needs paying uh, to, to be this driver. They've suggested five, five grand. Uh, by this point, they've also sort of said... This, what's interesting is that I think Bill Owen is sort of an expert in how how much money a bank has over the weekend and stuff. Oh, and he, yeah, yeah. They said, how much do you, how much money do you reckon's in there? And he said, about 750 grand. <laughs> and then Harry H. Corbett goes, that's 250 grand each. He's like, he's so like, let's not worry about the maths here, because that's correct. Well, I think he sounds quite excited when he says that too, and I think he slips a bit, a bit into step toe. When he yeah, <laughs> he does. Yeah, it's more. There's more step to to come, isn't there? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but this is this is the bit where I'm thinking that first of all, he, that number's just plucked out of the air. They don't know this, but 
is it's obviously for our benefit here that they think they've struck gold here gold, or, or yeah. potentially about to stack gold. So um, anyway, uh, talking about um, becoming Stepto, there's a point where he just <laughs> they said, oh, he goes, we can't get in because this is uh, you know it's a it's too big a job. Oh, right. Reinforced concrete, and he goes. He goes, it's just chance of a lifetime. <laughs> I, I can't do the, this is just chance of a lifetime. But he gets really kind of like a, a, a aggressive step. A chance of a lifetime. No, that's it's more Tony Hancock. Chance of a lifetime. Whatever it is. I, don't, I can't even do it. But basically, they get this, the, the way that they work this, because it's an emotion of, oh, it can't be done. Because they get into the thing, they drill a hole and foggy compo goes um oh this is reinforced concrete and yeah, then so you <laughs> so can't get through the wall you can't get through the wall he goes just as he goes just as i thought it's like what? it's a bank <laughs> you don't need to drill it old to work this out but then he but then the man goes it's impossible it's impossible to do that's you've heard the man it's in, it's impenetrable it goes this is not so not so fast We'll be all right, and that's the pit where you think, well, they're not going to go through; they're going to go under. They've got yeah. that's got to be it. Uh, there's no big uh, spoiler there, but then they hear a bottle sound, a bottle not being knocked over by by something. What? What is it? It's a cat. They're having the same problems I've been having. <laughs> but but Bill Owen calls it a little pussy, um, and in the days when I don't think that that would have had any dual meaning whatsoever, no. uh, and it just sounded really odd to hear like uncomfortable to hear even though it would have had no dual meaning yeah and the, ne- the next thing is uh they're divvying up the who's gonna do what aren't they and uh they say <laughs> yeah. that fulton mckay is gonna be responsible for food and drink and basically Harry H. corbett is gonna bring everything else all the, <laughs> all, the, all the tools that they need to to get into the bank so i think fulton mckay gets away with it a bit light there because we see later on what he produces really is beans and beer that's what he seems to bring yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, I've got here. Um, the tunnel is re- remarkably well built, so I assume that the tools that were brought were were tunnel building tools and excavation items. Yeah, well, you sort of see them down there, don't you? Sort of jabbing at things. You, you notice that it... <laughs> it's really neat, isn't it? It's a really neat hole. Like we've seen how, uh, say. Uh, I don't know, Steve McQueen in uh, The Great Escape and Clint Eastwood in Alcatraz. The the way, if you need a quick tunnel, you're not bothered about how big or deep it is or anything like that. You just, no. it just needs to be a hole that can get me through it. That's all I'm bothered about. They were just like, no, we'll put wallpaper on this and uh, we'll have a, a south-facing window uh, <laughs> to let the sun really come in. And... and we can put the fondue set here. Um, but at this point... And I mentioned this already. Comedy brass band is in yeah. full flow. Yeah, I put Yorkshire brass band. Yes, that, that, that's yes, the sort of thing, isn't it? Like sort the of Grimston and Rastry. Yeah, Grimston Pit Band or whatever they would have called it. Grimehouse. Uh, and Terry Wogan, he's he would have been singing the floral dance, wouldn't he? I mean, yeah, and um, there is the girl with the curious curls and the big... <laughs> for, for, yeah, wherever that song is. I, I'd really like that song, actually. And I really like Terry Wogan as well. Um, now the this is a the comedy brass band accompanies comedy emptying soil, 
uh, as they do it in kind of buckets and a Yorkshire version of that Disney film with uh, Mickey Mouse where the you, Fantasia you... yeah <laughs> yeah of course because <laughs> that's really clever yeah I like that and then a copper it's night time a copper comes to the door and then quick, yeah. shh right because so you can see that tra- there's a light on can't he yeah he, so there's a light on and he's like this is a bit weird I'll check the door yeah right you don't get any joy right now that we we then come inside the thing and the three men are arguing well they're arguing about the fact they're about to get caught one of them Mackay has got a heart condition so he starts going into like some sort of cardiac arrest yeah and he tells us he's forgotten his medication doesn't he so he's got a heart condition forgotten his medication and I'm thinking Ooh, you know, twist. Is that Will a, this, um, Is this going to be some part of it? You know, yeah, why mention it otherwise? Yeah, that's exactly. Exactly. What yeah, and um, they just say, uh, "What? What is the? Uh, you know, what happens if we don't give you this medicine?" Uh, and at, at which point, I guess the insinuation is that it's not worth finding out because he'd be dead. Yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of, so. So we know it's a serious condition, right? The copper at this point seems to be. Perfectly okay with the fact that the lights are on. People are arguing inside. There's banging, shouting, uh, and then just walks off. Right. It might, there is it absolutely might well be no the way. That, There's no yeah. way that he hasn't heard them shouting and and, and one of them strangling one at one point. <laughs> anyway, um, and you see, if those women had reported the gun as well, he'd uh, he'd have had that in his uh, knowledge it, sack. He'd have he? gone to his notepad and said, "Right, this happened a couple of nights ago." This is happening now. I'm going to need some backup. Get K- get Kachansky on the case. <laughs> but he doesn't do that though, because Kachansky's been put in. Um, what does he do with him? What does he do with him? To stop him working. Know. I can't remember what it's called. You've, suspended. You've, Kachansky's yeah, you've suspended. Been suspe- <laughs> so suspended Kachansky. <laughs> yeah, he's had to give over his firearm as well. Yeah. So now this copper's on his own. So he thinks, oh, I'll just not bother then. <laughs> Walks so, away. Now this is the bit where uh, there's more close up because they're they're again it's a cut scene to later on and they're inside the tunnel chipping away. Yeah. I ho and it's all like kind of like it's making the sides look really neat. Harry Corbett isn't going forward. He's just chipping yeah. away at the sides. That's <laughs> definite. He's not going forward he's just making sure that the walls smoothing are nice, plastered <laughs> getting the plaster on and smoothing <laughs> it down putting the light fittings in uh, and then we cut to a we cut to a scene where they're eating they're eating beans like they're in some sort of wild west um i'm gonna call it pioneering times whatever well, that might be it makes me think of blazing saddles yes exactly that yeah um, but they're, they're arguing again. They just don't get on, these three. Uh, what, the argument in this one is that uh, Harry Corbett has suggested that what if we do all of this work and we end up coming out in the middle of the road? When I said at the beginning, there's a part where I thought this might end up is that they do end up in the middle of a marketplace or something like that. Could be the twist, and it's, it? a, it's addressed here, so I'm ruling that out as the twist. It does explain, though, why Harry H. Corbett is working on the side of the tunnel rather than going to go forward. He's thinking, we don't want to go any further forward, so I'll just smooth it out here. Oh, yeah. That's why he's not digging forward, isn't it? Well, 
I mean, I'm not okay. I won't give any spoilers as to whether it is or it isn't. But uh, they've they've ruled out, or rather, they've ruled in or brought to the, our attention an outcome, could a possible be. outcome. Yeah. Um, anyway, again, another argument, and um, one of them says, "Ah, oh, finish it yourself." That'll be Fulton Mackay because he's uh, he's complaining oh, he... that he can't have a bath and stuff, isn't he? That's right. He says he's he wants he sort of wants out, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, because it because he's all like mucky, and then he gets a slap around face by you dirty man. Well, yeah, because you see, I I was writing my notes at this point, so I've got he's going to leave, and then I've got uh, in brackets did HHC hit him? I didn't did. see it, but he did, did it, he? Right. It did. Well, I don't know if it was like uh, you know make believe slap, but that was certainly yeah. the bit there. Um, well. The, then that bit ends and then we're it's in the dark next and it took me ages to actually see what was happening because I could see outlines of things but not anything specific until it gets a bit more light and it's a fella that we haven't seen before just yeah. on the screen and does he does he appear in the tunnel or in he's the in shop? the tunnel oh <laughs> you see in my head he was in the tunnel well but... he, he was for me because I've, I've put someone from Last of the Summer Wine I've not done my research then Appears in the tunnel, and yeah, Wally Batty is suddenly in the tunnel. But but it's interesting because only a few moments later, and he's not in the tunnel. But <laughs> in my head, he he was in the tunnel when they met. Like it felt like they they were tunneling from one yeah. <laughs> from two opposing sides, and, and they'd accidentally him. met each other. But, yeah. <laughs> because that would have been a great bit there. That well, anyway. Um, <laughs> The, the, yeah, so you're right. They, they, they're now in the shop, and it, it is that man from Nora Batty's husband. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and then... Um, so has, well, he be, has, has he been brought in as the fast getaway driver? I don't know, because it seems a weird way to enter. Yeah. I don't think he's been called in. I think he's just there. Uh, he, he's he, What is... He, he's um, he's just doing something. He thinks I'm coming into. Ah, oh, he was trying to get into the antique shop. That was his. That was his big scoop. Oh, he's going to rob the antique shop, was he? He was going in because he's got his eyes on something in the shop. I think probably he said. the giant chest set. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but he says to he says to the the other man. He goes, "I didn't know you were still doing this." And then he says, "I'm just keeping my hand in." Now. We know that not to be true because he's got another job uh, or uh, another like a profession. So why is he showing off? Yeah, why is he flexing to this guy that he doesn't well, need to? Perhaps that's what you have to do if you're a criminal type, you know. You, to... you can't you can't let on that you've gone good. No, you've got to sort of keep your criminal bravado and that. Anyway, the other guy says, "Oh, whilst I'm here, I'll uh, I'll help out if you want. A couple of thousand <laughs> quid will be." A... Oh, God, it'd be easy to just negotiate like that, wouldn't it? it was, everybody'd be really happy. It depends how yeah. many people keep appearing, though, doesn't it? Because they could have run short eventually. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, here's and then I guess it'd be like one of those clowns coming out of a car at a circus, just like you know, <laughs> six or seven people. Just another comedy moment actually is right around the corner because he's cut a cable. Oh yeah, he has. And power's gone out. Is that right? Is the has the power in the shop gone out as well? Or I, uh, I don't know. I... Because this feels like it's a little bit. We whether we've mentioned this or not, they've decided they've got a weekend to do this job, 
right? I, I don't think we've mentioned that yet. They've got a they've got a yeah. weekend to do this job. They they're going to go in, and then after the weekend's finished, with all the weekend bankers, they're going to go in before they can take the money out of the bank. I think or that's after the, idea. The, or after they've restocked it because the thing restocked it get for the restocked it for, for the, the following week. week. Yeah. Yes. That's that's what they're doing. So, so that's so that's why they've given themselves a bit of time. So this tunnel has been built in, in currently we're at forty eight hours. I think they've said they've got twenty four hours left or something like that when this fella yeah. comes in. Um, now, it's a nice, neat tunnel for forty eight hours worth. Is it this time though that uh, the phone rings? In the distance, you see a mound of soil, and on top of the mound of soil is a is a phone. Partially buried, isn't it? Partially, <laughs> yeah, the side of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which and because my immediate thought was that phone's about to go off, and it does, and I don't know if that's exposition or you know to say there is a phone in this place. By the way, yeah, I mean, because if you think about it, if it if they'd have been uh, just throwing the muck, they'd have probably just thrown it over the phone. But this is actually <laughs> seems to be placed on top of it for some reason. Yeah, they've moved they? the phone, put it back, emptied some soil, put the phone back. And, yeah, and by the way, the power has gone back on in the shop. Right, okay, so yeah. Um, it's at this point where they're back to work. The phone rings, as you said, and they all stop. Yeah. And they're very quiet, as if they, if they don't make any sound or move, it will stop the phone ringing. Won't <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm sort of thinking, oh, here comes a sort of twist. Somebody's trying to contact the uh, the shop. Yeah, exactly. And, and this so, might lead to something occurring. I'm thinking. Well, but it doesn't. It doesn't. It just stops ringing, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. And they did quite rightly stop what they were doing and be very, very quiet. The phone eventually stopped ringing uh, and didn't notice them. So, uh, right, now then, they're uh, waiting for the cleaners to finish. They've finished their job, by the way. The last bit of the job is to just pop it through under the bank, right? Yeah, the, the, the floor. there's been a sort of slight comedy uh, bit where they're dropping pit props down and down into the hole, I thought. Yeah, like, um, uh, again, like a sort of wartime... Like Great Escape, yeah, but uh, Escape, not, yeah. I don't know whether they drop them on each other or something. It's a bit of a, a bit of a uh, chuckle brother moment, sort of. Yeah, thing to me, about. to you, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and 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 then the the so there's nothing more for them to do. They've got to wait for the cleaners to finish. So they get into yeah. a bit of a one of them's getting into a wartime sort of monologue, which is kind of like oh, I can't wait to get out of this. Uh, see my see my wife and my kids again and my dog and then he mentions his dog. It's Fulton Mackay. Fulton Mackay. Yeah, Fulton Mackay. Yeah. So at which point now this monologue is suitable for that point in a war film where that person's gonna die, right? The, okay, it's the so. guard, isn't it? He produces his wallet and he gets his photo. <laughs> exactly. That's my kids at the ranch. Um, <laughs> yeah, we've just set up. This, I'm gonna marry her in the fall. And um, but he mentions his he misses his dog. At which point, a woman walks past with what I can only describe as a wolf or a man in a dog's outfit. <laughs> well, it's like I, a, it's like a chuckle dog thing. I mean, I think I've, I've mentioned before that there's a fellow who walks a uh, a Great Dane round. Uh, <laughs> you mentioned here. it to me, and uh, he, he obviously <laughs> has to clean up after it, so he has a carrier bag. But it looks like there's an eel in the carrier bag because <laughs> he's, he's, the, the turns are that big. <laughs> You see, you said because we were talking about my dogs and they were so small and they've got these little poops that don't take much yeah. effort to, to clean up and you were like, there's a guy I meet on my walks. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like he's got a bag of eels. 
The uh, um, pre I presume, though, that this was, in fact, his wife with his dog. Yeah, I got that impression. I didn't recognise her from the initial scene. No, I didn't. When, but it but was well-timed. He shouts his dog through the window, doesn't he? Cedric, he shouts. Now, Cedric or Cer Cyril? Cedric, I think it is. But it's a sort of strange thing to do when you're doing a bank robbery. Uh, yes. Just to shout out through the window <laughs> at things, you know? Because how also does he know? Because he's at the door when he shouts. The dog stops by the door almost to say, oh, my owner's inside there. I think that's what they're trying to insinuate. But we know that's bullshit. That wouldn't work like that. Um, anyway, it's, you're right. But what it's it leads like... to is a comedy moment then when Harry H. Corbett drags him back into the shop and uh, Wally Batty pours brandy on his head to, to cover the smell of him. <laughs> I didn't notice that, but is that what he did? Yeah, yeah, so, so the dog can't down. smell him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, that's the reason why the dog goes, oh, it's okay, we can carry on with us walk yeah. again. And they go to the vets, him. which is next door, or, or like across the road from where they are, which is just like, uh, this is just all... Anyway, <laughs> the cleaners, the cleaners, it's discovered, we, we can hear the car... <laughs> Uh, the man goes, right, the cleaners have gone. Go, 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 go. It's comedy brass band time. It is. And I, uh, have, have, have I told on here the cleaner in the vault story? <laughs> no. I like the idea of it already, though. Well, when I, I was, uh, I was at a house and uh, the phone rang and uh, I answered it and uh, there was a woman on the other end. And she said, uh, I'm a cleaner in a bank vault and I can't get out. Can you help me? Right? <laughs> and I sort of, you know, I thought, oh, she's having a laugh here. So I said, look, you know, I'm not doing anything of the sort. <laughs> Put the phone down and rang again. She's no, really, really, it is. Uh, I am. And uh, <laughs> I, I started to believe her. And what had happened, it seemed, is that she had to, she should dial a a zero or a nine or something for an outside line. But what and, but what she was not doing was then dialing the zero again. So instead, of, so some way... Oh, it so was it was coming, coming through to a landline? Yeah, she thought she was... Well, this is before mobiles, but she thought she was ringing her bosses. But for Inside some reason, the place. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't. Anyway, I did ring the police and uh, they did report that they had saved her. Anyway, they've got, they've gone now, these though. Yeah, okay, so she's been out and they've gone. I say she, could be an E. And um, um, they then, again, it almost feels like everything about this is from the cartoon book of bank robbing where where they just knock the floor up. <laughs> it comes out in a perfect and circle. It they, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like how have they... How have they managed to loosen the tile or the concrete without... without Anyway, is that that's what they've done? They've just lifted it up and then they're walking out. Now, when they get into the uh, that the part of the bank, so they're in the bank, not the street. It yeah. looks like it's all going quite well so far, but yeah. we know this is the tales unexpected. There's a twist on its way. Um, what could it be? They look at the safe. This is another point when I remembered Sam Morrissey, and I'm thinking he'd have known how to do this. Yeah. But Bill Owen has no such dilemma. He's like He's straight on it, isn't he? He says they call this a new generation of safe. Well, it's later revealed that the lock might be new, but it's an well, old case. That's right. He says, yeah, it's, it's an old one. And it is. It's Wally Batty, I think, who said, 
Oh, it looks like it's an old one, but with a new casing. I'm thinking, ah, could yeah. this be something, some sort of... Exactly, twist? I was thinking the same. There's new lock in it or something. Yeah. But uh, actually, uh, that conversation sort of stops a little because they realise that M- McKay, Mackie, Mackay, is not there. What's up with him? So, Ari H. Corbett runs, goes back through tunnel, up to the other side, and he sees him. Uh, apparently dead on the side, sort of like sprawled out, very Romanesque. Um, uh, just kind of like, you know, that's it, my, the last days of Mackay. Um, well, he checks, I don't, does he check his pulse first before he goes to the mirror technique? I don't know, uh, because uh, I, I have got that mirror bit written in earlier on. Yeah, well, so mirror... I, I'm, I'm a bit lost now. So the mirror happens here. Um, now, the assumption is he's dead. We know about the heart condition. But yeah. what he does is he, he, he checks to see if he's dead, and it looks like he is. But how he works this out is he, he puts a he puts a mirror-style... Yeah, it's silver like a silver platter, isn't it? ...against his nose for two seconds. Um, and then he removes it, and he looks, and he can see no breath. Conden- yeah, condensation. Condensation. Yeah. He basically gives up after two two seconds of looking at this mirror, uh, and as he turns away, McKay McKay Moves. goes, "Hey, I'm not dead after all." Um, so 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 that's not so it didn't the work. The mirror 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 didn't work. Yeah, or wasn't used correctly. You make your mind up. Anyway, well they're they're at, back at the safe and compose had no issues. Opens the door, and then. Well, there's a nice, lovely reveal of excited faces turning into disappointment and disappointment, and it's because that safe is just there's nothing in it, isn't it? Empty. And it, again, it's, it feels like this has been written with no research on how what a bank vault would look like. It's just a, some shelves rather than it being a. I mean, that's that's sort of what I'd expect from a cartoon. Yeah, yeah, because because when you see them like on telly, they've all got like little boxes, aren't they? With uh, yeah, security on. boxes. See, yeah. I, I don't think I don't that, know. that the shelves would have just had bullion and notes and you know people's necklaces to, just on the shelves, would they? There would have been. It would have Surely. been carefully allotted and appointed. You, you think? Because you'd have to, you'd have to sort of keep records, wouldn't you? You wouldn't sort <laughs> exactly. It feels just so bizarre. Anyway, so. Then, um, so we know that they're screwed. Well, th- actually, we don't know about their uh, how they're going to end up because then it cuts to um, a long shot. Oh no, a panning shot of the interior of the, of bank. the bank, not the safe bit, but the bank bit, the, where the cashier right. bits are. It's sort of because it's empty. Yeah, uh, there's nobody there because it's dark. That's right. That's correct. So all boxes are ticked at the moment. That's fine. And then, and then we, we move the- outside, don't we? And we see the front door. There's a a letter on it, an A4 bit of paper on it, um, uh, and it says that it's uh, it's shut due to strike action. There's yeah, there's some industrial action, and they're not going to be in on that day. <laughs> and okay. uh, and that and that's it, isn't it? That's the so twist. That's, that is the twist that there was nothing in the bank, and there's and we're told the reason for them being nothing in the bank. That. Is not a twist. I think what what would have needed to happen is that one of these guys is a uh, is a keen sort of striker, like a shop steward, 
and one of the other guys isn't and they argue about whether it's right to strike and stuff like that and then the irony is he's he's, he's outdone by the fact that the strikers have done it there of would the be belief a, system there would totally. be a story but yeah. as it and is yeah. i think what would have been great is that they'd gone a bit further along into another shop and the or police station <laughs> straight into the cells a cell that would be hilarious this wasn't a twist and actually rob now we've gone through this i i i was i'm actually very disappointed <laughs> in that episode <laughs> i told you <laughs> it's, it's a it there's too much uh there's too many problems with it and there's no twist it's just an it's not even unfortunate it's like who gives a shit? Who gives a shit you chose wrong day? Um, and in fact, what does it mean for them? It means that they just go back Do, on another day? Oh, I don't know, because where's the owner of the uh, shop? I suppose, are they digging on a bank holiday or something like that? A bit like those... Well, I put bank holiday. Those Hatton Gardeners, they did that, didn't they? Oh, yeah, they did, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. In fact, it's, it's a bit similar, isn't it, really? I wonder if they got their... Uh, idea from this. Cause yeah, same thing. Maybe it was a bit more powerful than we uh, than we initially imagined. <laughs> could be the case. Could it be the case. Um, well, yeah, yeah, it's some classic bits in it, but none 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 of those bits are classic to the tales unexpected. It's just a just just a drama now, um, and and when you think about getting to this ending point, you j- I'm just frustrated in the fact that they not one of the characters seem to have learnt any anything. <laughs> it's like the, you know, M- McKay is or Mackay. I can't say his fucking name. He he never grows as a person. I still don't know who he is. Ari H Corbett just turns into Steptoe. Compo is just this expert that isn't an expert, and then the other guy is just like this comedy thing. It appears out of nowhere. I, I mean, I wonder actually in, in the how he looks and the things he's wearing if he's a, a representation of a mole because he's got like thick glasses on Very which mole, moles always have don't they and you see well, he's there wear, we go. He's wear, I mean they don't actually have thick glasses but they have bad eyesight and so no, when you, a cartoon one would wouldn't would, it? would have wouldn't it yeah, yeah. so I wonder and his big hands that. yeah and he's got maybe 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 it was a bit more literal than than just the analogy of of such well, that was that's the end of that episode, um, and we sort of have these moments where we have to put up with the dross before we end up with a, an exciting episode. Because I've not forgotten, Rob, that next week's episode or the next times episode is has a, a very special staff as far yeah. as I'm concerned next next week's is called The Decoy and uh, it stars um, Susan Penhalligan who I was sort of trailing a bit last time we spoke yeah. who was the sort of object of my adolescent um, desire maybe I might call it that yeah no, that's yeah uh, she's, yeah. a, she's a stunning woman for for a 12 year old to look at uh, <laughs> in, in the uh Barbed wire, what was it called? Bouquet of barbed wire with Frank Finley, and who was also in this. Yes, he, he, yes that's right. That's what he's, yeah, yeah. And it has also got uh, the guy from Run Rabbit Run who plays the American. That's right, the American. Yeah, they're all in it. So yeah. it, it must have been around said, about this time that they were making and that, it. 
we we spot this we spot these episodes where it was oh this was because of that that they were included in this yeah we are we are coming to a it's not necessarily peak on quality but it's peak on popularity we're coming to that point now where i think anybody who's anybody would start to it's no surprise that they feature but uh, other than that, are we all are we all good? Shall, I, shall we stop playing record? We're all done. Let's stop playing record. Take care, mate. Bye bye. The tales of the unexpected.